Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerzday, August 1st, 2022. Happy birthday to my twin sister, Linda. On the show today, news, listener questions, and surveys, plus special guest Mrs. Shannon Ford tells us all about Disney's new cruise ship, the Disney Wish. And in our main segment, Jim gives us the history of the Hercules, the musical stage show on Disney Cruise Line. Let's get started by bringing in the man whose morning routine starts by saying, come on, Barbie, let's go party in increasingly high pitched voices until his wife throws him out of bed. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. <laughs> world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. Hey, by the way, Len, did you know if Barbie were an actual woman, she would be five feet, nine inches tall, have a 39-inch bust, an 18-inch waist, 33-inch hips, and a size three shoe? That seems like very poor engineering to me. It's, it sounds like counterbalancing needs, uh, needs to happen here. There we go. And also, I'm wondering if Margot Robbie has been informed of it. She's actually playing the title role in the Barbie movie that Warner Brothers has been shooting over in London since March. Have you seen the video of her in the pink plastic outfit with roller skates, rollerblades? Yeah. I mean, I just heard that Ryan Gosling is playing Ken. Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a picture of them together, and it's just the most adorable thing. Okay, but you understand that Ryan Gosling is also the guy who's in The Gray Man, the thing that just dropped on Netflix. And I'm, I'm hoping Ken is, is a touch less homicidal than The Gray Man. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I think I think uh, uh, Margot Robbie has excellent comedic timing. I think this is going to be oh, a, funny, no. a funny movie. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. But that's July of next year. So oh, we'll fantastic. see. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. We also have a special guest on the show today. After graduating from Florida International with a degree in psychology, she went on to become Miss Florida USA 2002, Mrs. United States 2011, and Mrs. Universe 2021. In her spare time these days, she runs the fabulous YouTube channel about Disney, beauty, and lifestyle. It's youtube.com slash Shannon Ford. Just back from one of the first Disney Wish sailings, please welcome our good friend, Mrs. Shannon Ford. How's it going, Shannon? It's going great. And just came back from two Moonlight Magics, too, from the last month. Did you really? Yeah, I think it was two in two weeks. How was that? So. How was that? It was great. We did the last one at Hollywood Studios. That was right after The Wish. And then we just did a day trip. We're about three and a half hours from Walt Disney World. Right. So we did a day trip up to do the first one at Animal Kingdom. So it was a lot of fun. So these are the, the DVC events that happen at uh, different parks at night after the park closes to regular guests, right? Yeah, exactly. What were the crowds like? The crowds were okay. Uh, the the Biggest problem with I, I find is that the lines for the snacks, because they give mm. you three three free snacks, and that is longer than usually the lines <laughs> at the parks. And for Animal Kingdom, they actually gave you two free games at the No way. The the carnival. And they had different they had different prizes. They had like these little dinosaurs that you could tell were brought in for these events. They sure. were really tiny. But the lines for that would take 45 minutes. So we ended up having, and you only got one chance. You, you stood in line. So they caught up the line around 1145. So it was really sad to see a lot of kids kind of walking up at the last minute and then being told they couldn't play. So not, it wasn't, you know, I hopefully the, the second and the third one go better because I think that was probably not run the best. But otherwise, it was a great time. You know, we got to ride Everest three times. At night. And I have, I have at night with a six-year-old. So that was fun. That's fantastic. 
doubling back to the the snack line though it's just it's kind of interesting the trainers you food lots of food motivation and you know just interesting they're seeing using the same thing with the dvc <laughs> the same people who are feeding the lions are also feeding the guests like you know if we if we put this out in the right way we can train them over time there we go no one likes free stuff more than dvc members who've already shelled out thousands and thousands of dollars to disney world so very true very true <laughs> All right, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Paul Finley, Ian Tewksbury, and John Shannon, and longtime subscribers, Kevin Barry, Dave Damore, Dave, and Bill Scurry. Jim, these are the horticulturists who not only create the intricate topiary we see during events like Epcot's Flower and Garden, but they also train plant-based stars like Grandmother Willow and Groot on their stage performances at Disney World. They say that Willow and Groot are lovely and easy to work with, and from working with Martin Short, they already knew how to handle the no woodpeckers clause in their contracts. True story. <laughs> you are, of course, watching season two of No Only Murders, only in, murders in the Building. I, yes. I love that show. It is, in fact, it's kind of funny now because I'm in Florida Laurels in New York, mm-hmm. so we and we have a, uh, a no uh, no TV watching without each other policy, which means I'm now a couple of weeks behind. On only murders in the building, and also, uh, are you are you watching the TV show Evil, which you have to pronounce by the way is Evil when you I say know, it? No, but I've been hearing great things about that. It's uh, Mike Coulter from Luke Cage, uh, mm-hmm. Katya Herbers from I guess Westworld, mm-hmm. and a couple of other people. I think it's just it's it's sort of like imagine a procedural drama like NCIS, mm-hmm. but based around Catholic exorcisms. <laughs> you know, it's the mashup that nobody thought they needed. Until they actually saw it. I think it's a great show. Cool. All right, folks, let's do the news. The Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Quick reminder, Jim and I are doing the second annual Gingerbread Challenge in Walt Disney World starting Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Uh, Shannon, I believe you will be there, right? I'm trying to make it there. I will be trying to make it there, yes. That would be fabulous. Also, Jim, uh, Magic Band Plus was released yesterday, and early reviews are mixed. Uh, some of the functionality looks interesting, um, but we're hearing that battery life, both on the Magic Band itself and on your phone, drains quickly. So Christina was in the parks yesterday with a fully charged Magic Band Plus and said it lasted two hours and 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, so that'll be something to watch. Maybe there's a software setting in that that can be tweaked. Uh, what are you hearing about this, Jim? I've just been looking at the videos and talking with friends, and I honestly don't understand what this was supposed to do. I mean, you've seen the video of the nighttime show at Epcot, right? You know, the harmonious, harmonious with the uh, with the yeah, multi. You know, I think that's it. Looks great on social media, but it you know it's like. On social media, you see pictures of people getting ready to eat an entire wedding cake by themselves. Mm-hmm. And it looks great, but you have to wonder what the next part of that story is. Yeah, And I, I feel the same way about Magic Band Plus. Like, it looks great mm-hmm. in this image or this three-second clip mm-hmm. with Harmonious, but what then what? It's the whole notion of, all right, to get the full effect, I have to hold my arm in front of my face. It's, oh, look, it's coordinated. (laughs) I was just learning to deal with the people who hold up their phones and their tablets in the middle of nighttime shows or parades. And now we've got the magic. Well, the upside is the power will run out halfway through the parade. So yeah, I mean, I think if there's, if there's a good thing to be seen here, it's that the battery will not last until harmonious. So that's, there we go. That's fine. I think the most interesting thing is the gesture recognition possibility. Mm -hmm. Shannon, have you, 
been to Universal and used a wand there? No, I haven't. Okay. Be familiar with the concept, right? I am. I am. Yeah. So I, I think this is one of the things where Disney could use the magic bands and gesture recognition at games like the wand games at Universal or the old Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game all around Epcot. But the thing I'm interested in is, uh, you know, are they going to, are they willing to invest in the technology in the parks to do it? Cause stuff like that takes a lot of development time and is, is kind of risky as well, right? If it doesn't land well, then you've basically blown it. You've seen the video of, you know, it's like a BB eight and, and then figment and somebody you know, yeah. waving their wrist in front of the statue and, and playing like a 10 second long audio clip. But are the, the figures responding to the Magic Band Plus, or the vaguely threatening gesture. Don't make me come in there. <laughs> yeah, when the, uh, when the instructions say, uh, make a stabbing motion towards Dopey. There we probably go. Not, not the thing that we wanted to do there. Well, I think with the battery life coming from someone who doesn't, who's not local, mm-hmm. I, I'm close, but I'm not local, I don't think they're expecting people to play it all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, where that's where we're hearing the two to three hours not working. Because... We, we did get one. We were there yesterday. We, we got, well, my son and I, my husband was like, yeah, I'm good. But <laughs> we, we did get one, but I could see us playing the games a couple times, but right. not throughout. I don't, I, and I think that's probably what their thought was. And then they realized, oh, but there we have this whole clientele that they're going to go to the parks just to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the first use cases I saw was somebody who tried to play the new game in Disney's Hollywood Studios that involves Magic Band Plus and, and Galaxy's Edge, the... Oh, bounty hunters. The bounty bounty hunters. Yeah. And apparently that is like a six hour game if you play it all the way through. Oh, wow. But I don't know that the magic band lasts that long. So, I mean, the magic bands do come with chargers. What I would love to hear from Disney is what they thought the typical use case was going to be. Because to your point, Shannon, if it was just like, you know, this would be something great as you walk by the statues, it'll be something interesting as you, you know, you play like one game and then move on. Hmm. Maybe it's like 20 minutes or 30 minutes of diversion per person per day. That makes sense even at that price point. Interesting. All right, we'll see. Okay. But I will say, when you, if you pick it up in the park, I had an extra battery case, uh, an extra external battery in my in my bag, right. and I had to use that to charge it yep. to be able to install, to do the uploading. So if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to do it in the park. Yeah, so I think that's a good tip, actually. Um, you know, even when I go to the parks, if I know I'm going to be there all day, I'm bringing a very large backup battery just for my, my phone and for any other devices that other people have. And, you know, you bring one of each cable as well, too. I actually have a handbag that I bring when I, when I go to the parks <laughs> for an entire day. It's a thing. So good point. Uh, okay. Thanks for that, Jim. All right. Our friends over at WDW Magic have reported a small update in how the My Disney Experience app displays potential return times for Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane. If you've used Genie Plus or ILL, you're probably aware of an issue where MDE will say something like, you can get an 11 a.m. return time for Jungle Cruise. Click here to book that. But when you click to book, there's a decent chance that the actual return time you get will be completely different than the 11 a.m. that you were shown. And that bug is a result of uh, the platform Disney used to implement Genie Plus, which is behind the scenes, essentially a shopping cart app. Mm. And shopping cart apps are great when you're selling socks and sweaters because those are largely undifferentiated you know, commodity items. Um, the socks aren't different if you buy them at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. But slots in line are different. So WDW Magic says that in an update to My Disney Experience, booking a Lightning Lane selection via Disney Genie has been changed 
to reduce the chances of seeing varying arrival window times. And they do that, Jim, by not showing you the arrival time on the first screen. <laughs> so, so you're essentially, you essentially says, yeah, click here to book this. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, they'll tell you, uh, they'll tell you what time you got. So you're essentially flying blind then, but I suppose that's better than offering you one thing and giving you another. Jim, I got to believe this is a short-term Band-Aid, not an actual solution. And I believe that because like Ticketmaster sells millions of tickets every year using technology, I have to believe is pretty close to what Disney wants to do here. What do you think? Well, as long as we're not talking about a $4,000 Bruce Springsteen ticket, I'm on board, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the choice of a shopping cart app for that was, uh, was kind of strange, but uh, I guess I sort of understand it. All right, uh, let's do a uh, quick survey discussion. This one's from Matthew, who says, uh, I just got back from a short jaunt to Walt Disney World, and I received a survey. It focused exclusively on dining and shopping, but we did very little of each, so it was short. But there were a couple of things that were interesting. And so Matthew sends in this question that says, which of the following groups comes closest to your yearly household income before taxes in U.S. dollars. So the categories are go from under $40,000 to $500,000 or more with an option that says prefer not to answer. And so Matthew continues by saying, you've discussed Walt Disney World's look at income distributions in the past. And as usual, this one has eight of the 13 choices at or above $100,000. But I thought it was interesting in the way that they banded 60 to 75,000, then 75,000 to 80,000, then 80 to 100,000 together. Why do you suppose there's a small band that covers the $75,000 range? Hmm. And so this is interesting, Jim, because the first thing I did is I went back to see if this is actually a new category for Disney. And uh, we talked about this in 2020. Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at that survey results. And it's true. So there, uh, the category that covers $75,000 to $79,999 is a completely new category that was not present. And it's the only new category in this new survey. So good eye, Matthew, uh, for spotting that. So the question then is, Jim, why? Why did Disney insert an extra category just covering $75,000 to basically $80,000 in income? So you know I love a good mystery, right? That you do. So here, here's the thing. I went back and, uh, and looked at American households' uh, incomes as of 2021. Under The under $40,000 category represents 30% of American households as of 2021. The next category, which is up to 59K, is 16% of American households, up to 75K. The next category is 9%. The 75 to $80,000 range only represents about 3% of American households. And that is a, to, to Matthew's point, that is a super narrow slice. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's the smallest slice. It's the smallest category by percentages until you get above 175,000 when Disney's really starting to segment out like the obscenely rich from the very obscenely rich, right? Mm -hmm. So 75 to 80K is just 3% of American households. But here's one thing that I think is interesting. It's mm -hmm. actually the next highest group of incomes mm -hmm. above the median. And the median is in the 60 to 75K group. So maybe that's where Disney's deciding to really start segmenting out like right above the median. That's, that, that's what I could come up with. What do you think? We are in a very interesting financial time and Disney feels this compelled to ratchet up its focus and look that group right there. Yeah. 3% of American households yeah. as potential targets for Disney World vacations. I mean, it is, it is sort of the middle class, right? I mean, it is, it is a, you could see them adding this category specifically to say, 
you know, these people are just above median. This is, let's call this the beginning of middle class. And I know it's not, but bear with me on that, right? If you wanted to, to generalize, but yet grab the higher end of that segment, mm-hmm. you would start there. It kind of makes sense. No, no, it does. It does. So, but we're coming out of a period where Disney is was very, very focused on quote unquote the whales galaxy's edge five to six thousand dollars you know for a two-day cruise on land i'm on board but you also have to remember that you do have the all-stars and especially at this time when we're starting to really get to the point where okay let's start to fill the parks again we need people back in those hotels and that's why you would focus about on those folks just above the median the, the folks who were like can we afford a Disney World vacation? I'd love to take the family. And it's like, well, yes, you can. And, and here are the hotels you could go to. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned that. And uh, I know at the end of this survey, there was also a question around, can we combine your answers on this survey with other things that we know about you? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that, that, sounds, it's, that, that doesn't sound creepy, right? No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> By the way, the survey ends with, oh, and you should buy some blinds. We're just saying. <laughs> you, you know you know, a little salad now and then would not kill you based there on your shopping go. habits? I'm just yeah, yeah nothing okay. weird there. Oh, okay. I tend to believe you. I think that's um, that seems to be the, um, the most likely explanation, that they're trying to figure out how to segment this. By the way, Jim, speaking of uh, money and customers, you saw that uh, Universal announced record theme park earnings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the last quarter. Yeah, they're doing really, really well. So a uh, record number of guests, record uh, amount of income mm-hmm. for the last quarter. Good job, Universal. Well, I know a lot of people in South Florida are going to Universal and not Disney World, which yeah. is something that's changed. It's definitely a shift. Yeah. Well, you open a new attraction a year. That'll do that. <laughs> you, you joke, but I mean, that is the thing that drives the theme park industry mm-hmm. is new attractions. So. Yeah, intent to visit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got time for one quick listener question. This one's from Joe, who says, uh, Len, I love the show. Uh, important question. Did you watch House of Tomorrow, season one, episode two of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse? Jim recommended it to you a few weeks back. I hope you got to see it and all the new Paul Rudish shorts under the new Disney Plus original titling. My son and I love these shorts, and I wish there was more merchandise with these character designs. So I actually did watch this, and Jim, thanks for the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing about this cartoon, House of Tomorrow, is that it is the perfect parody of those 1950s era home of the future videos put out by what I can only describe as the big kitchen industry. Like, you know, big pharma, big oil, you've got big kitchen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plastics. You know, it was super funny. It starts off with making the gang just loving all the new conveniences of an electronic home. And then of course, you know, things, things happen. I also wanted to mention to Joe, there's a brand new Mickey Mouse short out called The Wonderful Summer. Of Mickey Mouse and this the the wonderful blank of Mickey Mouse is a series Disney has been doing um, starting with I think winter and spring so check that out with your son Joe and uh, and thanks for writing it all right now let's get to our star celebrity for the show Mrs. Shannon Ford so Shannon you have recently gone on the Disney wish yes why don't you start with a with a couple of things number one um, how'd you pick that cruise uh, and number two what was your preparation for it like Well, the cruise picked us because we were actually the very first winner of the Year of Wishes sweepstakes, which was really the the, the, and it was the very first they there was the Year of Wishes sweepstakes from June 2021 to March of 2022. They gave away five sailings a month for 10 months. So 50, 50 sailings in total. And we were the first ones. And I won via Instagram. 
So wow, congratulations! Yes, I think Very I told cool. my husband, and then I think I texted Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I was like, "Who else is going to understand how excited I am? My friends won't understand." So my husband got a phone call of me hysterical. He thought something had happened. <laughs> And uh, so we were on the preview sailing just before the maiden. And what were the what were the dates for that? It was July 10th through the 13th. Okay. And then did Disney give you any sort of like, here's how to prepare for this sailing? Here's none. None. Okay. Just, none. We, just regular we got, cruise, as far as you know. It was a regular cruise. I mean, we were, I had started a group on Facebook, just like you do yeah. on any other cruise. There's a Facebook group. So I started that and we had to, because then started, media started getting invited mm-hmm. and travel agents started getting invited. So I asked the other winners, I said, what do you guys want to do? So we had two separate groups because there are some information that we were sharing just amongst the sweepstakes winners because, hey, by the way, you have to pay taxes on, on any sweepstakes winnings. So right. that, those are some, some some things that we were sharing. And none of us had information. I mean, we weren't getting confirmation until like five days before the sailing. I mean, to be, have, to, be, to be fair, Disney wasn't exactly sure the ship was going to go out. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it, it was, it was, pre- I mean, we were supposed to get free testing and yeah. then it was like, okay, you can use any, any test. You can use the inspired diagnostics, which yeah. is the, the, one that Disney uses. And, but we were able to use any test. Like we were just able to buy any test because they weren't able to get them out to us in time. So I just used the free government test, which was like, okay, thanks. All right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, it's free. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so this was a three-nighter. What, uh, what were the stops? Was it uh, NASA Castaway Key? No NASA, just Castaway Key. And it was a day at sea. And then they also gave us one free night. So the pre the night before was at Yacht Club. So that was nice too. That was the first time for us. Oh, that's nice. So you didn't have to come up from uh, from your house uh, to the port directly. So you got to stay in. Right. In and, they oh, had, nice. and they had transportation for anybody because a lot of people flew in. We had declined the airfare mm-hmm. uh, because it was easier to drive. And we <laughs> knew we were going to drive back. Yeah, probably Plus, faster. Right now, yeah. Right. Exactly. So they had like a bus that, that took everybody, but we were all at Yacht Club. And I will say my uh, touring plans room request came in because we got a great view of the fireworks <laughs> from our balcony. So uh, I, I have a I have that on my YouTube channel as well. Thank, so. you. Thank you for the plug. And was this your first Disney cruise? No, this was our third. Okay. We went on the dream for my son's first birthday, which was oh. December 2016. Mm-hmm. And then we were on the magic. If you can believe it, we got back February 29th, 2020. So we <laughs> okay. were... You're like jumping through the border, the border and right. customs thing right before they close we, it. <laughs> we got on the ship hearing about this coronavirus. We got off the ship and it was already, it was, there was already somebody in Miami that had it. So the world changed. Yeah. The world changed in those five days and it was a Marvel day at sea, but it was when I say the most magical experience because our son was four and, and I couldn't wait to get back on a ship. So it was, we, we still to this day how blessed we were to go on that sailing at that time, right before the world ended. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. It's a great story. All right. So you, so you've been on Disney cruises before. Tell me about the, um, uh, I mean, let's just go through it all. Let's start with the arrival process on the wish. The arrival process was really smooth. Uh, now they, because it was a cast, there was working cast. Mm -hmm. So our port arrival time was 11 AM. We got there probably about 10 50 
but we didn't start boarding until 12. Okay. And so that was something that we just wait. And there wasn't a lot of information. However, it was, they were boarding event casts. There was a lot of information. Nobody really knew where to go, but even the event cast didn't really know where to go. So I don't think that was typical. I think it was just because of the yeah. sailing that it was. Sure. But um, it was great. I mean, we boarded and they did the wish uh, where they handed us a wand. So they were kind of, they stopped us. We were right before the group that was, they were about to do the wish with the fairy godmother. Okay. And they stopped us for a second. They talked to us. And then when we walked in, they handed us a wand and then we waited. I think they do that maybe every 10 or 15 minutes. So they kind of, they announced you and we let my son choose what he wanted our name to be called. And he said, <laughs> we were the right, his name is Ryder. Yeah. So we were the, instead of the Ford, which is my last name, Quintana, which is my husband's last name, we were the Ryder family because he sure. runs the show, <laughs> you know, he runs the show. Okay. And uh, it was it was great. But so it was it was definitely we had that experience on the magic, but on the magic, we'd always left out of Miami. So you don't come in with that grand hall like they announce you, but you're kind of on a hallway. Right. OK. Where here you walk into the grand hall and it is you feel it. You feel it. You feel that it is different than the other ships. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the one of my favorite parts of cruising is that moment where you cross the gangplank. And actually yes. step foot on the ship. And then especially on a Disney cruise where you're typically entering into a multi-story atrium, right? Right. Because Disney wants to have that wow factor. Yes. You know, what, what was that like? It was, I hate to say the word, but it's magical because you walk <laughs> in because the Grand Hall is grand. It yeah. is grand. And I've been to the atriums and, and I also... You know, I also cruise a lot on Royal Caribbean. My husband and I living in South Florida, we cruised a lot. We're diamond on Royal Caribbean. We love Royal Caribbean as well. Okay. But there is something different with Disney. It's sure. a different feeling. And when you walk into that grand hall, it's magnificent. It's powerful. And then to have the the player come out and then there was, uh, I think it was Prince Charming and Cinderella were there when we, they're, they're different princesses. They rotate throughout the day oh, wow. on, on this little balcony above the stage. And then the wish, making a wish when you got on the ship was just, it's incredible. It's really just really well thought out. Wow. That's fantastic. And then, so what did you, uh, so typically when I get on a cruise, after I do my grand entrance, um, the first thing I do is go find something to eat. Yes. Well, I have always, be, because it was a, this special cruise, there was no pre-planning. Okay. So there was no, we couldn't book anything in advance. So I knew I wanted to book the Olaf's Royal Picnic, which is replacing the tea party. But they didn't have that on our sailing. And we heard it wasn't going to start to the maiden. But my understanding is it just started this sailing this week. So... That was, I, and I said, well, you know what? Just need to save me $300. So <laughs> it's interesting. So, um, uh, I, I forgot about these, um, these upcharge events that you could do, but this is like the perfectly princess tea party over the right. Grand Florian. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. So this is something that now it's because the tea party is, it's, it's a princess thing, you know, obviously boys can do it, but there's not a lot. So the Olaf's Royal picnic, same concept, but it's more inviting to both boys and girls. So. Jim, the next time uh, we talk to Josh, Josh Gad, we, we need uh, questions about Olaf's Royal Picnic uh, scripts. Yeah, I will definitely put the word up. Was that the only thing that you booked had to book at um, once you got on, Shannon? 
No, we booked, uh, we went into Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and then we booked a Captain Mickey makeover for my son, um, oh. which, yeah, we were chatting before is that, uh, that they, now this is something that's just started for the Disney Wish. They are going to add it to the other sailings, mm-hmm. but they have a Captain Mickey and a Captain Minnie makeover now on the Disney Wish. So I wanted to have that, my son do that. And we signed him up for the last night, which happened to also be my birthday. Oh. So yeah, so he did that and he didn't really want to do it, but I told him that was my birthday present and he loved it. He absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. Ella, who was, I guess, the godmother's apprentice now, I I know they changed the name Mm -hmm. after we were on our sailing, but uh, Ella, uh, she's amazing. She was incredible. She made it such a fun experience. I had actually been following her on Instagram. (laughs) In, in the lead up to yeah. the sailing and she happened to be his godmother. So it was a lot of fun. It was just, it was just great. It was great. Oh, it was a great fantastic. way to end this. It was a great way to end the, the sailing. And what does the makeover look like for, uh, for Captain Mickey? So what did Ryder look like at the end? What is, what, what's involved? Well, he's wearing the royal blue jacket with the white pants. And okay. then it actually, we, we put him in this, the white outfit, the top, cause it's a shirt underneath. And mm-hmm. he kept saying, I look like Top Gun. I look like Top Gun. <laughs> And I don't think he's ever seen Top Gun, but he did. He's like, I, he goes, what's that guy's name again? Tom? And he was, so he he did. And he kept saying he wow. looked like Maver- Maverick. So, and he did. And he totally did. So, I mean, it's not very intricate. It's, they did his hair. They put probably 150 little Mickeys in his hair um, with the gel. <laughs> so, and they pixied, they sprayed the, you know, put the pixie dust so he could make a wish. And he enjoyed it, but she talked to him the whole time. She talked to him about sailing, about being a captain, how important it was. So she really, they, I mean, I don't, I'm assuming this is some sort of script, but it didn't seem scripted, but she taught him how to hold his hat, how to be a captain. So it was really, it was really, really well thought out. Wow. That's fantastic. I mean, that's the big differentiator between Disney and every other cruise line is how they treat kids. Right. And they are, they are in a class by themselves when they do that. So um, were there any other kids activities that you tried with Ryan? Well, I, I went down the slide and I <laughs> fell. <laughs> this is, this is what I love about you. Like, like some people, Shannon would, would be like, that's, you know, that's beneath my dignity mm-hmm. to go on a bit. You, and the thing that I've always loved about you is you will do anything if you think it's interesting, regardless of, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so how was it? Well, I, I fell. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I went because I was wearing these white shorts because I, I Disney bounded the whole cruise, which is not something I typically do, but I decided to Disney bound the entire cruise. And I went down and this, the shorts were very sleek, uh, very slippery. So I literally just went down the slide and my son pushed me, by the way, he pushed me down the slide and I fell like, I mean, I just, I flew off the slide and really? my husband, yeah. So my husband was down and to tell you the relationship between my husband and I, instead of being like, honey, are you okay? He just started laughing. He goes, I got it on film. <laughs> so it's going to look great on Instagram. <laughs> so I, I posted I was recording with my phone and he was recording with my GoPro. So both of both angles are posted on, on Instagram and TikTok. So it's what I love about you. There's, you're not, you're not too proud for any of that stuff. That's great. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's it's fun. (laughs) All right. And then what kind of, uh, what kind of stateroom did you have uh, on the ship? So we had, I think it was a category five C. I think that was the category we were assigned. I mean, we got it two days before. So we left on the 10th. I think I got it the 7th or the 8th. Okay. And we were on deck six. So it was a regular deluxe veranda. Yeah, that, that's a nice. That's a nice room. Yeah, and it's it's a nice room and location. I will say was spectacular. Oh, because deck six. It was, okay. 
deck six because deck six is just one up from the balcony of the grand hall. So the grand hall is three, four, and five. We were, and we were so close to the elevator. It was still quiet. I, I think everybody thinks that being clear near an elevator on a cruise ship is like being near an elevator on in a hotel, and it's not. It's it's very it tends to be very quiet. And cool. we were close to the the aft elevator. Okay. And we were just one deck above the grand hall. So a lot of times we just took the stairs. Right. And the restaurants are on three, four, and five. So we when we were going three, four, and five, typically we were taking the stairs. So I thought it was great. Being near an elevator yeah. on this ship specifically is key. Um, if you're midship, mm-hmm. you're always going to be walking back and forth. I've to heard an elevator. this. Okay, I've heard yes. this. So this is different. This is where the wish is different than the four previous yes. ships. Jim, have you heard about this? Refresh my memory here. That, they've, that they've pushed the uh, the elevators to forward and aft, and I, there's not uh, Shannon. Are there are there any in in mid decks, or they're gone now? No, because of oh. because of the Grand, Grand Hall. Hall. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. All right, so so normally when you're on a ship, and let's mm-hmm. say you're on you know deck five or whatever, and you've got to go up to deck twelve or thirteen to get to the pool, you're using an elevator. But but Shannon, tell us how this has changed now on the wish. So basically there's an aft elevator and there's a, a, a forward elevator. So if you're midship and you want to go, you know, you're going to okay. be walking back or forth and then backtracking. So if you want to go midship on deck 11, yeah. you're going to have to walk forward to go to the forward elevator to go up to walk mid. So, you know, you're all, and there's no stairs either. So you're always going to have to backtrack where if you are you know, near an elevator, mm-hmm. it, it just saves a lot of time. It saves a lot of time. Now, we personally are kind of used to that because a lot of the Royal Caribbean ships are like that. Yeah. So it didn't bother us and we don't mind taking stairs. Plus, we were close to an elevator. And I think for us, we kept saying the Grand Hall is worth not having the extra elevators. Oh, interesting. Okay. We we thought it, but I, I don't, I don't, I think it's a, it's a split. I, yeah. we heard, we heard people that, mm-hmm. you know, are like, no, it's not worth it. That, <laughs> so I've, I've we heard- thought it was worth it. I've heard the same thing. So the um, so the interesting design compromise that Disney had on the ship, Jim, was was this. They made the Grand Hall, you know, three stories tall now, and it's much wider. But that came at the expense of the midship elevator bank and stairs. I know. Right. Yeah. You yeah. wonder if this feature is carried over to the other two ships that are joining the line. Interesting. Um, yeah. I would, I would think so. And they've, they've made some other uh, changes too, which we'll uh, talk about. But that's – okay, so that's a good tip. So if you want to be near an elevator – you should book after forward, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I will say on my YouTube channel, I have best and worst rooms at Disney World, which I use touring plans, sure. but also have best and worst cruise state rooms. And I started oh, yeah. with Royal, I started with Disney Cruise Line and I also have Royal Caribbean. And I did the Disney Wish one back in May mm-hmm. of 2021. And I will be redoing it. There are some great rooms on the aft. And I will say, I think it's 6196 and 6696. Somebody gave me a tour of theirs. It's wow. a balcony stateroom. It's a veranda stateroom. It's a regular veranda stateroom, but it's basically a suite. And it's got a one bedroom suite and it is a corner stateroom. There are a couple other ones that are handicapped accessible. So, you know, you need to obviously qualify for those. But these two staterooms, but the compromise is, is you're going to be walking a lot because the closest elevator is a walk. So it depends on whether you like the space or whether you want to, you know, have the convenience. That's a fantastic tip. Will you send me the uh, the URL for that video? I'd love to post it on the show. Absolutely. Notes. Fantastic. All right, so your stateroom was good in terms of like recreation and activities. Did you how were the, like the pools? How were the kids areas? How were the 
So the pools are different because the pools are, you know, and this is, if you've never done a cruise before, nobody swims on a cruise ship. You, you sit <laughs> and you- not, It's not, yeah, you, yeah, you bob. You sit and relax, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you don't have that, that feel of a big pool. They're all split up. I thought it was brilliant because our sun, you know, you have some that are a little bit deeper. You right. have some that are more shallow. You can sit and watch the funnel vision. So there was a lot of that. But- I thought it was great. My husband personally didn't like it. So I, I think it's, and I'm hearing the same thing, like people that love the split pool setup or people don't. Now there is actually a stage. The Mickey pool turns into a stage. Really? Which I think is different than the magic and the dream. I, I think those are kind of, this is, it's actually a true stage. Like it was built to have performances. And you wow. see that with the pirate party, our set sale, a downpour came, so <laughs> it got canceled. So, you know, it was fine. It, it It's Florida in July, you know, it's four o'clock, it's going to rain. And then there's this Chippendale pool all the way forward on deck 14. And to me, that's like the hidden gem okay. because it's got shade. There's like a like a pool that's kind of shady. And then there's a pool, very, very quiet. It seems like to be the makeshift adult, the the adult area because the quiet cove area is tiny. Is it? It it is very tiny. And it's this infinity pool that's super tiny. They have these two shallow pools. They're they're not even pools. They're like foot soaks. Like you just sit (laughs) and you, you, you soak your feet. And there were a lot of people using them. I'm not an adult pool area. We have a six-year-old. If I'm on the pool deck, I'm with my son. So I just went there to film. My husband never even made it back there, but there's only one whirlpool on the main public decks and it's kind of off to the side and it's in the adult area. There's no whirlpools on the main deck, but I feel like they made true adult area, the upcharge by making the rainforest room in the spa, because that's really, there's like this beautiful outdoor space. There's two whirlpools there. Oh, I, that's I, an upcharge. I love the spa on a Disney ship. I, I think there's some of the best spas at sea. Yes. But the rainforest area, which is, they weren't offering day passes. What, what I heard Ooh. is that they will offer a day pass if the Cruise line pass doesn't sell out, but I know on our sailing it was one ninety five for a three night, and it sold out. Yeah, I so, mean, it's, it, the word is out about how good the Disney cruise line spas are. Right, and I mean, I remember when I, you know, when I first started sailing, you could get a length of cruise spa pass for like twenty dollars per person per day, and obviously now it's more than that, but still, right, you know, it's one of the most relaxing spots on the cruise. Did you uh, did you use the spa? No, we didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was such a short sailing. Yeah, okay. I, I really wanted to enjoy the ship. All right. And then um, in terms of kids activities and kids clubs. So, I mean, this is where I think the ship sets the bar okay. for it, it. They really up the, the bar here because our son now, when we, for the first two days, a lot of the things weren't working. The may, build your own ride, build your own suit. Those things weren't working yet. And okay. we were like, really wanted our, our, hoping our son would do it. Cause our son wants to be an Imagineer <laughs> and he, but he would come back. I mean, we went to pick him up the first night. It was 11 o'clock at night. And they were like, do you, does he know you want to be picked up because he told us that he's busy and come back later. <laughs> this is so this is so true. Every so, every kid like when when I, I think I've told you this when Hannah went on her first uh Disney cruise, when my daughter went on her first Disney cruise, we actually had to make a rule after mm-hmm. the first day and that rule was you must eat meals mm-hmm. with the family because we would have never seen her otherwise. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, he 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 learned about the haunted mansion and he was telling us about all oh. the effects. So they had this little like di- diagram that they he brought home and um so the last night he did tell us he was able to build his own superhero suit and he was able to design his own ride. So he was able to do that the last day. But I mean, he couldn't wait like for my birthday we had dinner at 1923, which we had asked for that rotation. Okay. And as soon as they sang me happy birthday, he goes, can I go to the kids club? <laughs> and <laughs> at least I love you, Bob. Am I going to get out of here? Okay. Know, and exactly. they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I have some guest money in the car keys? But that's, like, there we go. that's a different conversation 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah. And I will say it's, it, they, they put that restaurant very close to the slide for the Oceaneers club. So I thought that was really well thought out. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. There that's awesome. Go. Mm-hmm. All right. And speaking of food, how was uh, how was the food on the ship? The food was good. I will say the the food in Marvel and the Arendelle were good, not great. Now I had a Chilean sea bass. It was I thought it was really good. My husband didn't like his, um, but the food in Marvel was was good. The entertainment was great. The food in 1923 was spectacular. It was probably one of the best meals I've ever had on a cruise ship, whether it was specialty dining or not. It was amazing. And so give us us the setup for the restaurant and, uh, and what did you have? So at Worlds of Marvel, which was our first night, our first night rotation, and I do recommend if you are doing The Wish is to try and get the 1923 on the night that you're going to Castaway Key because it's just such a long day when you're at the, you know, Castaway Key that you don't want to have to deal with the show. Okay. <laughs> so I, I always like ending, you know, at least having the first night of a Disney cruise if there's going to be some sort of dinner show to make that the at least the first night. So our first night was Worlds of Marvel, which my son loved. Okay. Absolutely loved. It was good. Now my food there was, I had a steak, I can't remember, but it was very fatty, mm. which I'm more of a, filet girl, but okay. it was good. It was really good. Um, and it was entertaining. Uh, the show was great. I mean, a lot of people think it's underwhelming. Our son loved it. And he was, that was probably his favorite dinner experience on the ship. And then at Arendelle, the interactions are fantastic. Really, the performers are amazing. There is the final performance. They have these three players. It's a singer and two players. One does a drum or a guitar, and then another is a violinist. They do an instrumental of Into the Unknown, and it was by far one of my favorite performances on any cruise ship ever. It was just amazing. Is this the one where the performers like walk around during? Yes. Okay. so, So Jim, this is like, is it the Rapunzel Act yes, that they do uh, okay, okay on the magic. Yes, the magic, it's very similar yeah. to that, except they actually have a stage now. Okay, so it's the stage is built, and we were we had wonderful seating. I mean, we were given. I think they probably give priority seating to people that have kids. Sure. So we had great seating right next, right, very very close to the stage. And my son was dressed up as Kristoff. So, <laughs> of, of course, appropriately fitting. Yes. All yes. right. So, World of Marvel is sort of like the animators' palette. Uh, right. Restaurant on the ship. Okay, got it, got it. And then yeah. um, what did you have at uh, 1923? So 1923, that I had a filet. Okay. And and my husband had a filet, and my husband doesn't really eat steak. And oh. he said it was so good. It was so good. And I had – I'm also – I have celiac disease, so mm-hmm. I'm also gluten-free. And so that also limits a lot of what I can eat. Okay. But they brought me out some sort of chocolate gluten-free, and it was incredible. I usually am like a one and two bite dessert person. Mm-hmm. I had the whole thing and I wanted to lick the plate. It was so good. <laughs> was so good. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, uh, so how would, um, how would you say overall 
the food at the main dining rooms on the Wish compared to the food at the main dining rooms on the other ships, on the other Disney ships? I think it's a little better. Okay. Uh, cool. You know, we're not foodies, so I'll be I'll be the first one to say it. we're not foodies. We, especially being celiac, I'll take what I can get. But mm. it, it's there. It's very good. And I would say 1923. A lot of people. I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'm booking Paolo or Enchante the night of 1923." And I'm like, "That's the one you don't want to miss." I, oh, you know, okay. So I, that because to me that was the best. That was the best meal, and I loved the space. I thought the space was beautiful. So. If you're doing a three-night cruise, we didn't even think about doing specialty dining because right. we didn't want to so miss yeah. Oh, yeah. we didn't want to miss one of the rotations. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. doing a four night, then yeah, maybe. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to miss one of the rotations if we were on a just a three-night cruise. Yeah. At least on at least not the first or even the second time. Well, that's the thing. Uh, and this is why I, I don't recommend three-night cruises to like first-time cruisers because there's so much to see on a ship that it's right. not possible to see everything. And to your point. With three main dining rooms, it means you would either skip, you'd either miss the specialty dining, or you'd miss one of the main dining rooms. So that's not great. Um, last quick question: What was uh, uh, this? Is my super interesting thing? Um, how's the free food around the pool? <laughs> uh, that to me, that is the best food on the ship. Really? <laughs> it is. Do <laughs> I save so, the important questions for last? <laughs> it is so so good. Is it? it is. So I'm, I love barbecue. I'll eat barbecue all day. And we ate at the Mickey's, I think it's the Smokehouse Barbecue. We ate there every day. We, we kind of stopped there. The we got on the ship, we, we went, we dropped off our luggage because it was, there was no sailing. It was a preview sailing. There was a sailing the day before. So our rooms were ready as soon as we got on the ship, which was really nice. Nice. Uh, That was really nice. So we, we went, my son ate pork ribs for three days in a row every day on that ship because he just, I mean, and I mean, we're talking a six-year-old eating like eight ribs. I mean, it was so, so good. My husband, Donald's Cantina is definitely the most popular. So try and go there. If you want to eat there, go there the first day. If you get on the ship early, because the second day when we were at sea, the line was just as long as the aqua mouse. It was crazy. Mm. But um, the barbecue wasn't too bad. To me, that was the best food. And it was gluten-free. I, like, I didn't have to ask them. They offered to bring me from the back, but they they said it was gluten-free. The The barbecue sauce that they used was gluten-free, so I didn't have to worry about it. Oh, good. So it was it was amazing. It was really incredible. So I, I to me, I heard the pizza. Now they do make well, they would make me a gluten-free pizza, but the barbecue was just so good. I didn't want to eat anywhere else. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard good things about the food around the pool area. So that's it's great to hear you uh, confirm. And the one. setup is amazing because is the setup is you just walk around and it's like, okay, here, do you want? This? It's it feels like a food court at the mall because it's just like, do I want this? Do I want that? Do I want this? Oh. So if you want to go to different places where on the other ships, it's kind of like, you know, the pizza's over here, here. and the burger place is over there. No, we could have eaten all at a different place and it still would have been convenient because they're just literally, it, it feels like it's kind of like a setup of a, of a food court at a mall, but Disney-fied on a, on a cruise ship. On a cruise ship, exactly. I'm super excited. So, Jim, uh, you and I have an extra thing now to plan when we uh, when we're on the Disney Wish in 60 days. I, I just <laughs> want to inform people that the Disney Dish of the Disney Wish event, you will find me by the barbecue place. <laughs> exactly. That'll be it. Just you're looking for me. Just to follow the trail of, of ribs. Okay. <laughs> follow the trail it, of ribs. <laughs> put it this way: there was collard greens, oh, and really, they were they were even amazing. <laughs> Wow. On a cruise ship in the middle yes. of the Caribbean. That is just fantastic. All right. Well, that is super exciting to hear. I am I'm really looking forward to that now. 
All right, Shannon, thank you, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, folks, Jim gives us the history of Hercules the Musical. We'll be right back. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or by taking a power nap. Just so you know, I'm really good at that last one. But you know what else helps support a healthy brain? BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Look, anyone who's been on this planet for the past two and a half years or so knows that life can sometimes get a little stressful. And trust me, I know it can sometimes be incredibly helpful just to talk things out. So why not get some personalized therapy that can then lead to a happier you? And did I mention our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash DizzyDish? That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Disney Dish. We thank them for sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know that uh, you said that when uh, uh, you heard Shannon was coming on the show, that you wanted to do something in honor of that. What did you come up with? Well, I mean, uh, Shannon has a hugely popular YouTube channel, so I thought, you know, cast around for a Disney Cruise-related story that features a video component. And if you go on YouTube right now, you can find Hercules the Musical. Likewise, it's pseudo-sequel, Villains Tonight. And I've seen Villains Tonight. Okay, well, Hercules the Musical debuted with the Magic back in uh, 98. It was one of three shows that debuted. There was also Disney Dream and, and The Voyage of the Ghost Ship. I have never heard of that show, Jim. That, I'm, I'm guessing that did not last very long. Very <laughs> short-lived. So how does Hercules the Musical end up on the Disney Magic? That story actually starts more than a year earlier, back in June of 97, at a time when Walt Disney feature animation is feeling a little uncertain about its dominance when it comes to the feature animation field. And this largely comes on the heels of the enormous success of The Lion King in the summer of 94. It made $312 million during its stateside run. But the very next year, Pocahontas comes out and does less than half that business. And then the year after that, Hunchback comes out and does two-thirds of the business that 
Pocahontas did. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what's whoa. going on here? And there were those folks at Disney who were like, well, Pocahontas and Hunchback were both serious, earnest. I mean, they had gags, they had musical numbers, but they were trying to be important films. And it's like, people want to go to theaters to be entertained. And, and oh, thank goodness we have Hercules in the pipeline, which was being done by Ron Clements and John Musker. These are the two gentlemen who did both uh, Aladdin and The Little Mermaid. So it's like, okay, these guys are going to deliver the fun. And because they had done so well with Aladdin, and in fact, that mm-hmm. prior to Lion King arriving on the scene, that was the top grossing Disney animated film of all time. Sure. And and a, a lot of, you know, they believed that, okay, the, the one of the reasons that film did as well as it did was, of course, Robin Williams' performance. So it's like, can we do something similar with Hercules? And so the original casting for Hercules, in fact, they actually had meetings with him. He came to the Disney lot and met with Michael Eisner. They talked with Jack Nicholson to be the voice of Hades. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not bad. Not bad. But to further to make sure that everyone on the planet would want to see this film, they also talked with the Spice Girls to be the muses in the film. Genius. So think about the one-two punch there if they had landed Nicholson and the Spice Girls. But in both cases, tiny problem, Jack actually wanted money. <laughs> uh, you know you know how he is. Yeah. <laughs> People like eating, even if they're stars. And likewise, the Spice Girls were expected to be compensated. And it's like, oh, we're, we're Disney. Here's your bright, shiny dime. And it, it did not work yeah. out. So they're staring down the barrel of, okay, we need to make sure that everybody knows Hercules is coming. So February of 97, they launched the Hercules Mega Mall Tour. It goes to 20 cities around North America where they proceed to hand out 4 million cassettes. And again, this gives you some idea of what era of entertainment we're talking about. 4 million cassettes of Zero to Hero, the the song they had figured out at that point. Okay, this is going to be a hit single from the soundtrack. So let's, let's get that out there. All right, this has to be special. This has to be important. So they they have just finished renovating the New Amsterdam Theater in New York. This is where the the Lion King stage show will debut in in November of 97. But what they do is they decide, okay, we're going to hold the world premiere of Hercules here because in the movie, uh, Hercules goes to the Big big Olive. So it's like Thebes. So it's like, hey, let's go to the Big Apple to celebrate the, the Big Olive. And then to make sure that people know that this happens. And again, as a a native New Yorker now, you understand how special this is. They shut down 42nd Street and Fifth Avenue so they could present the Hercules Electrical Parade. They actually brought the Main Street Electrical Parade, which had retired the year previous at Disneyland, out to California built two brand new parade units that celebrated Hercules, and then after dark, rolled them up 42nd Street and made the turn to go on to 5th. And all of the buildings along the route cooperated and turned off their lights, except one. One building would not turn off its lights, and and that was the Warner Brothers store. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you do that. You've done your Malta, you've done your big thing in New York, but at the same time, 
the rest of the company is like, look, we have to support this because we're sure that Hercules is going to be the next Aladdin. This is going to be an IP that has legs. And so it's like, okay, what do we do to, to support this? So no less than four Hercules parades get launched in Disney theme parks around the world. The Hercules Victory Parade is presented at Disneyland Park in Anaheim, Disney MGM in Florida. There's also a mini parade that they do at Disneyland Paris in Florida. And they even do a parade of, of sorts at Tokyo Disneyland. And same time, they're already prepping an animated series to support the show, the Hercules, the animated series, which debuts in September of 98. They make 65 episodes of that. But for the cruise line, when our first ship goes out, because this is our new big franchise, we're going to produce Hercules the Musical. They take the, the, the wonderful music that Alan Menken and David Zippel write for the show and create this 45-minute-long this show that has to, again, because it's the Disney Cruise Line, has to be performed in rotation in the Walt Disney Theater. So it's like the sort of the stage magic of, okay, we need to have space in the wings so we can also have the props and sets for Disney Dreams. Likewise, the Voyage of the Ghost Ship show that nobody saw. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, putting on these shows on a cruise ship is different than putting them on on land because limited space, you know, extremely tight quarters and stuff like that. But I'm also thinking of the timeline. That's around the same time Titanic came out. Oh. So the Voyage of the Ghost Ship oh. is not really what you want to see when you're on actually a cruise ship. <laughs> Let's, here's a quick reminder about your own mortality. Please enjoy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. 13 months earlier. Hercules actually came out in theaters and proved to be a disappointment. I mean, it was the first Disney summer quote-unquote blockbuster to not sell $100 million worth of tickets in the United States since The Rescue is Down Under in 1990. And it was just... Wow. Okay, and that's... That's a, a vastly different uh, time in terms yeah. of like what a hundred million dollars is worth. Okay, and, and again, it was one of these things where it's like, all right, I don't get it. We we did the mall tour, we did the premiere in New York. Why did people not turn out? And so Hercules went in the review mirror fairly quickly because that's the Hollywood tradition. If you have something that that disappoints, it's like Hercule. Who I, I have no yeah. idea what you're talking <laughs> about. But here's the interesting thing: folks on the Disney Cruise Line loved. Hercules to musical. Largely that was because it was sort of a combination of stand-up comedy and a musical review. In fact, kind of borrowing a page from Robin Williams, uh, Hades in that show did a lot of topical humor. I mean, he was yeah. constantly riffing on what was going on on the news at that time. And this show was surprisingly popular. In fact, they had the opportunity to develop something new for the, of course, the wonder. Uh, mm -hmm. get the next ship of the line is like, no, 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 no. This, this is this is good. We'll keep this for the wonder. So it, it debuts in 2008 on the wonder. And then they shut down the show after a seven or eight year run on the magic. Mm -hmm. uh, likewise, a similar run on the wonder. And then they get guest comments because, face it, people go back. They have such a good time. They want to go back to the boat. And they're like, oh, I miss Hades. We like that show. Why did you get it? <laughs> and so they, they wrote a brand new show called Villains Tonight and literally, you know, made the MC and, uh, you know, Hades. It's, and it's the same show that you just described. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the folks at Disney Theatrical, the folks who who do the Lion King show at, at the New Amsterdam, and and in fact, Aladdin's, you know, in there now. I I want to say Lion King moved to the Minskoff in Times Square, but they're sitting looking at this. Look at this audience, this diehard dedicated audience for a stage yeah. show for Hercules. We should yeah. do something with that. And were you in residence in New York when they they did the Hercules stage show? Out at the Delacourt in Central Park. I don't. I don't think so. Okay, this was September of uh, 2019, and it, it, mind you, it only ran for a week, and it was it it, it really redefined spectacle because it had a cast of over 200 performers. Holy cow! But that's got a lot. These amazing reviews. People were like, "Oh my god, that was so much fun!" When are you going to do this again? One of the reasons the show was. So much fun and so successful is uh, Roger Bart played Hades, and he's had a 25-year now association with Hercules. He's actually the singing voice of the teenage Hercules in the animated film. When you hear, I will go the distance, that's Roger. And he came back to do Hades and did a wonderful job. But this coming February, because, again, the production of the Delacorte was so successful— Hercules, the stage show, is uh, beginning a pilot production at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. And back in 2011, Disney did a pilot production of Newsies at this very same theater, which... I seven, do remember this. Okay. Yeah. Seven weeks later, went to Broadway and then ran for two and a half years and now is playing around the country. So this is this is an established pipeline for the company. This is a place they love to go to when they have a show that they're confident in and, and want to do the big launch with. Now, Hercules is headed to Broadway conceivably for the 2022-2023 season if this production okay. of the play, Paper Mill Playhouse does well. But just last month, we learned that Disney is about to do a brand new live action reboot of the animated Hercules. Really? A live action Hercules? Yep. It's going to be directed by Guy Ritchie, who also directed Disney's uh, live action reboot of Aladdin. And it's being produced by Joe and Anthony Russo who are the directors of Avengers Endgame. Uh, say Avengers, yeah. So action scenes. Oh, big action scenes. <laughs> we could actually see, after all this happens, between the Broadway show uh, version of Hercules, likewise this new live-action version, we could actually see Hercules back on the Disney Cruise Line in the not-so-distant future. I don't know, Shannon, if you've gotten to see the new version of the Beauty and the Beast show that they did for the boat? I haven't. We're going on the dream in September. Okay, so that's the show uh, that was prepped for uh, for the dream. Uh, Len, this was launched back in November of 2017, and the thing is, this... Well, after the live action... Uh, that's film. it, exactly. They, they, yeah, they, they yeah, came yeah. out in March of the same year, in fact. With, we, we made a Bill Condon reference uh, on last week's show. This is a, it's very we timely. Did. Yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. All right. This is where we, you get to see Josh's wonderful take on LeFou. So, yeah, going to be... Kind of interesting to see what happens if uh, Hercules, the live action thing, is successful. Because yeah. that could be used as the thing to go back to the, the ship. Anyway, one final little note here. We were talking about the, the voice of Hades. They went after Jack Nicholson and they eventually got James Woods for the role. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the worst kept secrets in Hollywood is that when you watch Hades in the animated Hercules... 
we dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home. Everybody happy. <laughs> that is what makes that character, particularly in, in industry circles, so satisfying is it's a parody of Jeffrey Katzenberg, the former, oh <laughs> the, the former head of Disney Studios. Who, yeah, exactly. That's why it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so it's just one of those things where when you get that, you know, that that's like, oh, oh, that's a that's a really mean in joke. But oh, but anyway, funny. In much the same way, you can go on YouTube and see. You know, Miss Shannon Ford's wonderful videos. There's numerous videos of the full show of Hercules the Musical and Likewise Villains Tonight. And, you know, I really recommend if you want to see Hades in action, go check those things out. Oh, that's fantastic, Jim. All right, thanks for that. We're all going to go search YouTube now. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please help support our show and Jim Hill Media by subscribing over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. On next week's show, the Pins Around the World event that was held inside of Epcot's World Showplace, the former home of the Millennium Village, which was a four-day-long event and introduced pins to Walt Disney World. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len, at touringplans.com. Shannon, thank you for coming on the show. Where can yes, people find you? you? So my YouTube channel is just my name, Shannon Ford, and then I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at Mrs. Shannon Ford. Fantastic. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who's giving away samples of his award-winning alpaca yarn as part of his sketch loom weaving mini class at Fiberfest Eureka, a fiber arts rendezvous, this Saturday, August 6th, 2022, at 1.30 p.m. at the Lincoln County Fairgrounds in beautiful downtown Lincoln, Montana. While Aaron's doing that, please go into iTunes and Radar Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show. <laughs>